Hi, and welcome to the Ethnos New Brunswick podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us. Ethnos is a new organization looking to join in the holistic, community-transforming work happening in Highland Park and New Brunswick. Now, part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community. Each week, our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for that. Today's episode, Rejuvenating Beauty, is the second in our series called Surprising, How Easter Changes Everything, with the conversation being led by speaker Yukon Chu. We're going to transition now into our next section, and this is a really important section for us uh, every week as we get together here to explore uh, our spirituality and the spiritual well-being of our city. We're going to take a moment now in uh, some discussion, conversation, reflection, and engagement uh, with some of the spiritual teachings uh, in front of us. As many of you know, uh, we here at Ethnos, we believe that the spiritual part of our lives is so important, and we believe guidance and truth and help can be found in a lot of different sources, a lot of different places. However, we believe that there's a unique source called Jesus, the person of Jesus, his life and his teaching that we believe is worth our time here every morning. And so uh, for the next few minutes, we'll be focused in on his teaching and his thoughts, his life. Of course, if you're here exploring spirituality and you come from another tradition or another background, please bring your ideas to the table. Please bring your thoughts. We love the interaction we have here in this room every week. And so uh, we're excited to have this moment uh, to discuss and engage and reflect on this very important part. Last week, as we uh, began this discussion time, we started a new series, a new mini-series uh, called Surprising. And the reason why we decided to take a look at this uh, new series and have this new kind of series of conversations is because uh, we, we really believe some amazing things are happening here at Ethnos. Uh, as some of you know or may have heard, we are just about two and a half years old. Like, so we're, we're still a really new community, still trying to make an imprint here in New Brunswick and Highland Park, these two communities that we're called to. And uh, we really believe 2019 is a unique year because 2019, we believe, will be a year of a lot of growth. And if you've, even if you've been here just the last three months, you can see like, wait a second, things are happening here. This, this crowd is getting bigger. More people are hearing about us at Ethnos. And so for the first two months of the year, if you remember, we talked about a lot of our key values as a community. What do we really believe in? How do we really operate? What does it mean to be a spiritual community together? I don't know about you, but I think it was a great series of conversations, but it was a little bit tiring. I don't, know, I don't know if you felt that way. At least I did. It was a little bit tiring because sometimes when you think about, oh, my goodness, there are all these neat things happening. We're growing. Wow. This gets a little overwhelming. This gets a little tiring. This, this can be more taxing than not. And so last week, we decided, you know what, it might be helpful for us, especially as spring comes and growth continues to happen, that we hit pause and reflect on how the spiritual journey with Jesus can actually be refreshing, rejuvenating, renewing to our lives. And so last week, we began that conversation in this new series, and today, we're going to continue on this series. And what we're 
focusing in on is how this first story of Easter, you know, this whole thing with spring and Easter coming up, we thought it'd be important for us to focus in on how this first story of Easter and spring and rebirth and renewal and all these things, how that might actually be something rejuvenating for us, even today. Uh, we started off last week, if you remember, by doing a quick poll, show of hands. How many of us feel tired in this season? And I think 75% of the room raised their hands. And so this, I hope, will be a relevant series for us, especially as we look to continue to grow personally, grow as a community over the spring, and engage with our spiritual journey. Let's get started. I keep talking. Let's get started with some discussion questions to just get our minds going with today's specific topic in this larger series. If you could turn to your neighbor, uh, today we're going to talk about the issue of beauty and how beauty actually is very rejuvenating. Kind of like the poem read this morning, beauty is something we're all looking for and beauty is something good, but beauty is also something rejuvenating. Let's get started. If you could turn to your neighbors and Answer this question. Spend about two minutes real quick. What's the most beautiful thing you've seen recently? I'm curious if any of us wants to share with the larger group here this morning. What, what are some of the most beautiful things you've seen recently or experienced? What are some of the most breathtaking things have you been able to experience? Yeah, well, let's get started here. Uh, nature. I went hiking the other day. So I just saw a nice river, you know, all God's creations. Yeah. Right on. Nature. How, how many of us can relate to Milton? Yeah. Yeah. Give it up for Milton. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. What else? What else? Over here. Yeah. Heidi. Seeing a baby eat her first pancake. Seeing a baby eat her first. That sounds really cute. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. Let's give it up for Heidi. Yeah. That's good. That's good. What else? What else? Over here. Up here. Okay. I was sick a couple of days ago, and Akari brought me Volt, just in case I had to throw up. And then she put blanket on my bed and a stepping stool and her doll to take care of me. And I just saw God's beautiful, like, compassion in her. Wow, that's amazing. Let's give it up. Now, uh, if you don't know, Akari is Emily's daughter, and she's how old again? She's four. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. What else? What else? Most beautiful things. Yeah. We also had a clean kitchen and bathroom. Wow. What's going on at this table here? You guys have some interest? Okay, that's really interesting. Okay, yeah. Um, a friend of mine took me to the restaurant right across the street. It's kind of bougie to me. And, uh, <laughs> but it was okay. I mean, we had a good conversation with the uh, two waitress, a waiter and a waitress. And my son called me and told me how refreshing my son was in school. Mm. He'll be four. Yeah. And I w the first thing I thought about, don't you remember the prophecy? Because mm -hmm. he's prophesied to be a bishop. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So children behaving well. Nice food. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay. Okay. I'm a junior in high school, and that means one thing, SATs. So my SAT score came out the other day, and that was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. We won't ask you what it is in public. We'll let you share privately with people interested. But wow, congratulations. Wow. That, I don't know if I, wow. 
How many of us could say that as high schoolers here in this room? Right? Beautiful SAT score. Wow. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Anybody else? Let's have maybe one more person. What, what's something beautiful you've seen recently? Okay, yeah, let's get back over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the middle school table was just sharing a lot more about, like, just with spring and the seasons changing, just flowers, rain, and all of that stuff that's really cool. But I think um, one of us shared something pretty cool where it's, like, they were watching, like, these videos where it's, like, abandoned places and, like, exploring those abandoned places and just seeing how some of those places are really beautiful yeah. overall. Yeah, right on. Let's give it up for the middle school table. Yeah. Exploring abandoned places. That's definitely... On the to-do list, I think, for a number of us here. That's, that's exciting. Now, here's, here's the interesting thing, right? Let's think about this for a quick moment. As, you, as you've thought about that most beautiful experience you've had recently, a beautiful thing you've seen, how alive did you feel when you were seeing that or experiencing it? How alive would you feel? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being very alive, 1 being not, a, not alive at all. You know, how, how alive did you feel? More likely than not, you, you can just kind of think about it, talk it over with your tables if you want, but you don't have to. But more likely than not, you and I felt alive. Not just alive like our pulses going or something like that, but really alive, like something amazing was happening. Like we were, in a sense, made for this. You know, one of the ideas behind the original first Easter story is that you and I were created not only to just take care of things on this earth, so to speak, but you and I were created to have these moments of beauty. In fact, you and I were created to have these moments of beauty time and time again in increasing and full sort of measure. That our purpose as human beings on this earth isn't simply to work. It isn't simply to do the bidding of some God who's out there who, you know, wants us to do good. Our purpose on earth isn't to procreate or something like that or to manage the, the chaos of this world. Our purpose on this earth is actually to experience beauty and to continue to experience it over and over and over again. You know, Jesus, when he was here... Jesus, in his scriptures, the word they used to talk about this was this word that came from the ancient Jewish culture of Jesus' time, a word called glory. We use that word often to, today to describe beauty. Uh, oh, this is glorious, we might say, about a sunset, something like that. So we kind of get the idea of the word, but in Jesus' time, the word literally meant weight, something that had weight. And as the Jewish spiritual people of that time used the word more and more to describe God, what they meant was that God was a person of great weight. His beauty was worth something. His worth was something deep and profound. It, it, it had substance. And so glory was used as a word basically to describe what I like to say the wow factor of God, like the Wow, that's God. And now here's the deal. Jesus in the scriptures will tell us that we were actually created to see this glory, to experience this wow time and time again, that this was our deepest 
and most profound reason for existence. Take a look at uh, your uh, handouts today on your tables. And we're going to begin to just think through some of these ideas and think through some of these scriptures together from Jesus. The first one just lets us kind of know about this, right? It says very clearly, and this is from the ancient Jewish scriptures that Jesus believed in, specifically the book of Isaiah in that compilation of scriptures. It says this. This is God speaking through the scriptures. He says this. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. This is a fascinating statement where God just kind of in a brief sentence tells us that, oh, yeah, this is kind of the reason why I created the world. The reason why I created humanity, it was to experience glory, specifically God's glory. Now, here's the deal with God's glory. Again, I know right away as we jump into kind of more religious terminology and we think about these things about beauty and, and we relate it to God, for some of us right away we feel a disconnect. Because religious things or spiritual things have never been really beautiful, right, for some of us. Maybe we were forced to go into some type of religious setting as a child. Maybe some of you kids here feel forced. Uh, maybe you feel like, you know, like, you know, your friends dragged you here or something like that. So, so let's just take a step back and think through this really quick before we go on. Because, again, beauty is something we all can agree is, is wonderful, right? We, we ascribe something beauty only because we think it's has this value and worth that's beyond us that we want to keep engaging in. It, it's very life-giving and all these things. When the Jewish people of the time and Jesus himself talked about God's glory, God's beauty, you have to remember part of their understanding was that God was also not just beautiful, but he was also infinite. And so when we talk about God's glory here, we're not talking about like, oh, like this little buzz you might get maybe singing a nice song here. Or maybe a little buzz you get when somebody has a great spiritual idea and you're like, oh, I kind of like that. It kind of warms my heart. It kind of makes me feel good. No, we're talking about the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, you've ever experienced. Now, just think about that thing. Times it by about a million. Times it by a million. That's just a glimpse of God's glory. That's just a glimpse of what his beauty and the experience of seeing his beauty is supposed to feel like. And that is something that we are created for, according to Jesus and his scriptures. Now, how does this all relate to Easter and the events of the first Easter? Well, it turns out that some 2,000 years ago, when Jesus came into our world and he began to engage the people of the time, and he began to tell us about that first Easter. Remember last week, we talked about how the first Easter uh, essentially was the death and resurrection of Jesus. It turns out that when Jesus was here talking about his death and resurrection, he talked about it as something full of glory. Take a look at the second excerpt here, and uh, we'll dive into this a little bit more here. This morning, this is Jesus talking uh, right before he's about to go through the events of the first Easter, right before he is about to get crucified and rise again. This is about two weeks before that happens. And he says this, the hour has come, this is Jesus talking, for the Son of Man, that's Jesus, to be glorified. There's our word, glory, glorified. 
Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now, Jesus here is just talking about his death. He's using this metaphor of a seed dying and multiplying after that. He's kind of obviously alluding to his death. But notice again how he describes this whole event as his moment to be glorified, his moment to go into glory. How Now my soul is troubled, Jesus continues, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. There's our word again, glory, glorify. Then a voice came from heaven. I've glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment of this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out, and I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. And so this is a really fascinating interchange, right? I mean, this... Voices from heaven, all these kind of things. People confuse all these things. We don't need to get into all the details. The main thing I want to just have us see is this is clearly about Jesus and his death and how Jesus somehow through his death is going to be glorified. This for Jesus is what glory is. In fact, it's not just for Jesus, but it's also for the Father, Referring to Father God, right? You see that in the second paragraph. Jesus is like, Father, glorify your name now. I'm about to go do this thing, die on a cross, rise again, glorify your name. Now, it's interesting that this biography of Jesus, known as John's Gospel, this biography at the very beginning, in the opening sentences, actually describes Jesus in this way. In fact, if you were to do like a read-through of this biography, you'd realize that this idea of glory is one of the main themes of this biography. Notice the last excerpt here today. The word became flesh. This is in the introduction of this biography. And made his dwelling among us. He's talking about Jesus. We have seen his glory. There's our word. The glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. So now here's the question, right? How is this death and resurrection, and how is Jesus actually glorious? I mean, how does this make sense? I mean, again, get in your mind the picture of the most beautiful, breathtaking thing you've seen recently, and think about what you know of Jesus. Does it seem very glorious? Like, is there incongruence? Probably, right? You're like, wait a second. Like, I, I get how I feel and how I experience beauty here, but how is the death of Jesus supposed to be like that? In fact, how is this supposed to be even more than that experience of beauty and glory? Well, let's just pause and think about this and think about what actually happened at Jesus' death. Okay, let me just share a few thoughts here and then we'll get into our table discussions to see if you agree with me or disagree. Let's think about what happened at Jesus' death. If you were to read through the biography of John, of Jesus recorded by John, you would realize that At Jesus' death, 
the worst of humanity came out. The absolute worst. I don't know if you keep up with this, but I keep up with this often. The, the many, many times when people in our society today, especially people of color, get unjustly executed and murdered by the state. Every time I read a story about a police brutality, a police murder, an unjust one, it just, ah, uh, it drives me crazy. It gets under my skin. I'm, I'm like fuming when I, when I read about this. You know, this is what happened to Jesus. Jesus was unjustly brought to trial at a night court by corrupt politicians, corrupt religious leaders, wanting to do their own thing, wanting their own agenda served. And so he gets unjustly tried, unjustly convicted, unjustly murdered. And if you read through the details, it's, it's, it's worse than that, right? Because they're not just like going through this trial. They're like spitting at him. They're whipping him. I mean, if you've ever seen, I was just down in um, Montgomery, Alabama and went to the National Lynching Memorial. Fascinating memorial. But if you've ever like just studied the history of lynching in our country, it's like that but worse, right? It's, and it's worse because you and I know that Jesus was not only just like this perfect person, he was God. At least that's what he claimed to be. And those of us who have come to know Jesus and believe that, I mean, that's just mind-blowing. So think about this, right? Here we have a person facing the worst of humanity. But not, is it, not only is it the worst of humanity at that time, here's the next level. Jesus is doing this ultimately because of the worst in us. I mean, it's not just those people hating on Jesus flogging Jesus, spitting on Jesus, smacking Jesus around, calling Jesus names, crucifying Jesus. We're the culprits too. Because he's doing that because of our evil, because of our sin, because of our rebellion against God. And so you have the worst of humanity, past, present, future, converging on that moment of Jesus' death. And you see this man, Jesus, lovingly absorb all of this in the name of forgiveness, in the name of love, in the name of God wanting to redeem all of us from our very wayward and broken ways. That's glorious. I mean, if there was ever a picture of what love looked like, that has to be it. And so Jesus, in his mind, he's about to reveal the infinite wowness of God's beauty and wonder. He says that is going to happen through his death. We see it in the second paragraph. Don't we? Why don't you take a moment, turn to your table partners, and just process that. I mean, do you agree with this? 
how, do you think Jesus is actually glorious in this moment? Is he actually beautiful? Feel free to agree or disagree, but take about two minutes or so and just process with your tables real quick. All right. So I'm curious, uh, yeah, what, what are we thinking? What are we processing here today? Who wants to kind of share what you and your table partners are thinking through as we reflect on this idea of glory and Jesus' glory and if this death and resurrection is glorious? What are your thoughts? What are your opinions here? Who wants to share? Yeah, we started. Um, we were saying that it was just beautiful um, just God, Jesus existing. So just being able to just go from God and manifest himself into the flesh is just glorifying in itself. It was just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting, Milton. So kind of like this third excerpt here, this idea that God would kind of become a human and, and they, even that in itself is very glorious. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, that's, that's definitely part of the picture too. Yeah. What, who else? What else are we processing at our tables here? Initially, I think we all thought this was a kind of difficult question because yeah. it's like, yes, we think God's gift to us is beautiful. Um, but I think we also talked about how it's a juxtaposition of like how much pain and suffering Jesus went through and how um, that also glorified him mm. and his kingdom. And then also talking about how sometimes things can be glorious or beautiful because of their meaning to us, yeah. um, like an experience or like a close friend. Yeah. Um, so that's also what we talked about. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's interesting how in in this story, but also in other stories, pain and suffering oftentimes is tied into glorious glory, the idea of glory, right? Those any of you who are athletes, you know, or tried to achieve something like physical and you suffer through it, and but you achieve it, it's like there's glory tied into with that, right? But it's very painful. And then uh, this great idea, this other great idea that yeah, when when the when we have a personal relationship with the person. Uh, that changes our understanding of glory, too. Yeah, no, that's good. Anybody else? What are, what are we processing at our tables? Yeah. Um, so we took how you... Um, so you were talking about how Jesus suffered and how he died and then um, the persecution that he faced, and then you brought that to, like, modern day, like how other people suffer. So then um, I guess we try to take that same perspective in that, um, uh, like, acts of service are often beautiful. Yeah. And then when people don't respond in kind to our acts of service, we often become petty, mm. and that sticks with us. But the thing is, Jesus, like, he was doing this act, of, uh, this act of service, dying for us, and received, like, persecution, and then he still went through and saying, this is what I have to do, like, this is my duty. Yeah. So um, I think that was glorious, that was beautiful. Yeah. No, that's good, that's really good. Thank you for that. Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah. <laughs> you guys agree? Okay, you got, you got a fan base here. That's good, that's good. Yeah. Anybody else? Anybody else? What, what, are, what are you thinking about in terms of beauty and glory? And, and agree, disagree. Is this a glorious act of God, of Jesus? Anybody else? All right, thank you for uh, those. Let's give it up again for those who shared kind of just their thoughts. Thank you. You know, this is, this is something really interesting, right? As we, again, again, think through the bigger picture that we're trying to reflect on in this spring and Easter season in this series. You know, we're here to reflect, engage with our spiritual journey, specifically in ways that we hope will find, will give us renewal and rejuvenation in this series, right? 
And we started with this idea that beauty is something life-giving, right? I mean, if there's anything that could, could kind of rejuvenate us when, thing, when we're tired, I mean, it's, it's to maybe take a hike and see that scenery that, Milton, you were talking about. It's, it's to get out there and experience something beautiful. I know on my day off, uh, don't, please don't find me on my day off, but I'll tell you some of what I like to do, you know, like, I actually like to go into the city and go to the Met Museum sometimes, not often, but sometimes, because I appreciate art, and I just love being there, look, just looking at art, I mean, it's beautiful, it, it does something to me, it rejuvenates me in a certain way, right? And so we, we started with that premise, and now we're saying that, well, God actually not only created the world like this, that we actually were meant to experience this kind of beauty time and time again, but that God himself is the source of that beauty, and specifically, God on a cross is the most glorious thing. What does that mean for us? How might we tap into that? How might we rejuvenate ourselves? Rejuvenate ourselves through understanding God's glory more. Let me just share two thoughts, and then we'll uh, wrap it up here for this morning. Number one, obviously we need to put ourselves in a place where we can see this glory of God, where we can actually comprehend it, where we can kind of contemplate it and, and process it and meditate on it, reflect on it. We have to somehow position our hearts, our souls, our minds to be in a place where we are constantly looking at this beauty. Now, how might that happen? Um, many of you have heard about different habits uh, in this spring season, in this year that we've talked about here at Athos. You remember, hit rewind in January, we talked about getting the new year started with some new spiritual habits, perhaps. Spiritual habits like prayer, spiritual habits like reading through the teachings and the stories of Jesus, the scriptures of Jesus. Those kind of habits ultimately are designed not necessarily to change our behavior, to make us better people. No, no, no. Those habits are designed so we can put ourselves in a place where we can see the beauty and comprehend the glory of God. Is it hard to do those habits? Of course. Do we fail in doing habits? Sure. But that's the actual idea behind those habits. And so as a new season gets started and spring gets going, perhaps that's something you need to re-engage in. Be like, oh yeah, the, the habit of prayer, of reading scriptures, of those kind of things. Maybe I need to re-engage that. You know, I, one of my favorite things to do, and some of you in this room know this because we do it together. One of my favorite things to do uh, is to read through the stories of Jesus together with others. Uh, that's something we do in our missional communities. That's something we do in discovery groups. Some of us are doing that one-on-one -on -one with different people here. But you know, I'm reading, uh, I won't say the name, but every Thursday morning, I'm reading through uh, one of the biographies of Jesus with somebody in this room, and I tell you, no joke, every Thursday, I walk away, I'm like, wow, God is so amazing. Like, this is beautiful. Like, this, this is good. Like, we gotta get going. We, give me more. This is, this is what I want. And so, that's some, perhaps that's something you need to engage in. But thought number two, and this is where it kind of gets interesting. You and I, the, we can grow in our, not just comprehension, but our experience of beauty and glory. Not just by reading about it or thinking about it, but we actually grow in our experience of it by actually expressing 
it. What do I mean by this? Take a look at your sheets. Uh, the last quote we have here from our sheets is from a famous uh, atheist turned follower of Jesus. His name is C.S. Lewis. Some of you may have heard of him. He says this, as he was moving from atheism to following Jesus, he discovered something about this thing we call worship, this thing we call, this thing of expressing ourselves and expressing our thoughts and our wonder about God's glory and beauty. He says this, I think we delight to praise or worship or kind of express our thoughts and feelings about God's glory. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but it completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it's expressed. You get what he's trying to say there? Lovers admire each other's beauty and say, oh, you're beautiful, you're wonderful, all those things. Not because they need to compliment them. I mean, sometimes you, you do, I guess. I guess every so often my wife probably needs to say, hey, you look pretty good today. I guess. But, but as part of at least for me, towards my wife, right? Like, I tell her she's beautiful, she's wonderful, not because I have to, but because in expressing that and telling her that, it somehow completes and fulfills and makes whole this whole experience of beauty. This is why we do this thing called worship at Ethnos. This is why we have a moment where we express ourselves to God and what we think about his beauty to him. It's not because God needs it. And God is a very self-secure kind of person. Like, he's good. He doesn't need our worship in one, on one sense. In many ways, it's really for us. And it's actually, it magnifies then his beauty. It completes our experience of that beauty. And so perhaps one way to rejuvenate ourselves in this season is to get more engaged with worship. Not just here on a Sunday, but in your everyday life. To have that moment where you express to God, God, you are beautiful. Wow, this thing I'm learning about you, this thing I'm saying, wow, this is good. Thank you. I don't know what else to say, but you're amazing. You're awesome. Express it. Maybe get it, some new sounds, songs on your Spotify you know, list that help you express that. Worship is something that can rejuvenate us. Can you join me in a word of prayer? God, we are thankful for this moment to pause and reflect and process our spiritual journeys and we're thankful that you have come to us as a guide and leader as a source of direction that if this is true here this morning that you not only created us to experience glory, to, to have this experience of beauty time and time again, but that you yourself are the source of that. You are the object of that. You are the ultimate 
of beauty and glory. If that is true, God, we say we want to taste it. We want to experience it. We want this more. Yeah, we want it for ourselves, but if you're there and you're truly God, this would, this would be something we would want to experience because of you and who you are as well. And so, God, open our hearts, open our minds, guide us throughout this week and in this season that we would experience your glory, that we would be able to know how to put ourselves in front of your glory, before your glory. We would know how to express it and to complete the glory, so to speak, through worshiping you and following after you. Thank you, God, for this time. Direct our steps, and it's through Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for today's conversation. For more information about Ethnos New Brunswick, please visit us at ethnosmb.com.